0: Turn with me if you would. Uh, The Lord spoke something to me and I'd like you to go to Mark 4 to start with. Uh, I was praying and... And I said, Lord, there's so many ways I could go. There's so many sermons I could preach. There's so many directions we could take this. How do you want us to do it tonight? Is there something specific you want to say, or do you just want me to teach in general? And uh, the word of the Lord came to me, and he said these words to me. I'm just going to start off with a bang and tell you exactly what he said, and I'm quoting. And he said these words. He said, this should be easy for my people, because when trouble comes, all you need is faith. Let me repeat that. That's the phrase that he spoke to me when I was asking him earlier today, Father, is there anything specific you want for tonight or do you just want me to teach in general? And he answered me. I didn't know if he would because he doesn't always speak to me that way. Sometimes he just prompts me in my heart and I'll just pick a scripture and I'll just teach on it. But sometimes he speaks beforehand so that I'll be very clear and specific and know exactly what he wants taught and he said to me this should be easy for my people because when trouble comes all you need is faith now what does he mean this he's talking about this situation this coronavirus thing this whole unsettled uh, diseased not just diseased, but disease, but dis ease without ease, a sense of dis ease, a sense of unsettling, a sense of this is weird, uh, this is not my normal flow, uh, this is throwing my schedule and my routine upside down, I can't see the people I want, I can't go the places I want, I can't earn the money that I want. This whole situation that we're facing right now, that's, when, that's what he means when he says this. This, the situation, should be easy for my people. And I knew, now sometimes when God speaks, you know by the Holy Ghost, the word that he is saying means a certain thing. In other words, he could say this, but I I may know in my spirit that he's referring to the body of Christ as a whole. Or I may know in my spirit that he's referring to a certain part of the body of Christ. Or to a certain person or to a certain local church. But when he said those words, while they sound vague, I knew by the Holy Ghost on the inside that he was specifically referring to our church, not necessarily the body of Christ as a whole. This scenario that we're facing should be easy for my people. And I knew he meant P-O-L-C. Because when trouble comes, all you need is faith. That's what he said. And then he spoke a scripture reference to me, which I'm about to read you in Mark. And then that was it. Praise God. And so then other things came out as I was praying and waiting on God by the Holy Ghost. And we'll talk about other scriptures in a second. This should be easy for my people. Because when trouble comes, all you need is faith. Now, if you would turn, please, praise the Lord, to the book of Mark, and it's in chapter five. I don't know if I said four, did I say four or five? I think I said four before, um, and I think that is right. Just give me one second. No, it's, it's chapter five, okay? Mark chapter 5. Can you turn there? I wrote down 4, but it's actually 5. Praise God. Now, Mark chapter 5. And this is a scripture reference that he spoke to me the story of Jairus. And I want to read it to you. Now, remember, the story of Jairus is in the context of the story with the lady of the issue of blood. Because as he says, who touched me, verse, chapter 5, verse 31, and his disciples said unto him, thou seest a multitude thronging thee, and saith, who touched me? He looked around about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole from thy plague. Now watch verse 35. While he yet spake, he's in the middle of the sentence to the lady with the issue of blood. There came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said thy daughter is dead, why troubleth the master any more? Now, can we go back up for a second here and just actually read the entire context of the story? It starts over there in verse 22. So let's actually go back to verse 22 and read the whole thing. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly saying, my little daughter lieth, at the point of death, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Now, I want you to notice the faith that Jairus has. I pray, come and lay thy hands on her. And what did he say? That she, that she may be healed, and she may live. Did you notice what he said? And she shall live. This is a statement of faith. Jairus was in faith. He said, if you come lay your hands on her that she may be healed, she will live. What is faith? Believing that what you say will come to pass. Remember Mark eleven twenty-three. 23? If you say to this mountain, be thou removed and don't doubt your heart, but believe what you say will come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. He is saying she will, not she may, not there's a chance. He's saying she will be healed. So we know Jairus has faith because he didn't make it a question. She may, be, she may live, she may be healed it says she will live. In other words, if you come, Jesus, we've got this solved. So I want you to notice in verse 23, it's very clear that Jairus has faith because he said, and she shall live. No questions about it. I believe that she will live. This is how it will be. Now he's decreeing a thing. Maybe the Bible says it will be established according to your word. So Jesus, verse 24, went with him, and much people followed him. And then verse 25, we interject the story of the woman with the issue of blood. So drop down again where we had left off there in verse 35. While he yet spake to this lady with the issue of blood, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, so people that worked under him, certain people, and they said, thy daughter is dead. Remember, he just said, she will live. Now they're saying, she is dead. Why trouble thou the master any further? Now listen, as soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken by these people, he didn't even wait for the guy to answer. He says unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. And it goes on, verse 37 and he allowed no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he comes to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and sees the tumult and then that wet. And we go on and on and on. He puts them out and he says, she's not sleeping. She's not dead, she's sleeping. And they laughed and discord. And he comes and he raises her from the dead. And you know the rest of the story. What I want to focus on is, first of all, verse 22 clearly says that Jairus, verse 23, that Jairus had faith because he said, she will live. Now, verse 35 they're saying she is dead, opposite to what Jairus had just said. And as soon as Jesus heard that bad report, what did he do? He didn't wait for Jairus to even say a word. I want you to notice that Jesus jumped in. He interrupted the flow of what was going on. Jesus is moved with the feelings of infirmity. Jesus saw this man has faith. Now there's been a little bit of an interruption with this other woman getting healed. Now the people are coming from his house who he trusts because they work for him. There's no reason for them to lie. They're saying the opposite to what he's just confessed, that she's dead, but he said she'll live. And now Jesus immediately speaks. He jumps in and interrupts the conversation because that's the heart of God. He's trying to help Jairus. Why do you think Jesus interrupted the conversation? He interrupted the conversation because he didn't want Jairus to say the wrong thing. He didn't want to give Jairus even a second to start speaking doubt and unbelief because he knows as soon as he hears those words, the breath is taken out of him. It's like he's been hit in the guts. It's like the wind is knocked out of him. I've just said she'll live. And now I hear the report. She's dead. Can you imagine? Put yourself in his shoes. It must have just been such a hit to him. Just the wind gets knocked out of him as he hears the sentence of death that has been pronounced and he's in shock. Literally, he would have been standing there in shock And obviously, what's the thing that's coming to rob him? Fear, that fear is hitting him immediately. As soon as the report comes, fear hits him. She's dead, oh my God, she's dead. Oh my God, what am I gonna do? It's over. Can you imagine the thoughts going through his mind? And Jesus, knowing that fear was there, Jesus probably sensing that spirit of fear that had come, Jesus knowing that Jairus' words are gonna make all the difference in this situation. He doesn't want Jairus to say the wrong thing. So he doesn't even wait for Jairus to respond. He jumps into the conversation and he says these words as soon, the Bible says, quickly, as soon as Jesus heard the word spoken, he quickly said to to the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. There is amazing truth here. And the Holy Ghost quickened this to me. And he said, just as Jairus, now listen, I'm speaking by the spirit to you. Just as Jairus had been standing in faith and as Jairus had said the words that she will live. I believe many of you, you've been taught faith. You've been standing on the word. And up before this crisis came, before you knew the magnitude of what we're facing, you've been saying, my, I'm gonna make it. Praise God, I have a supply. Praise God, I'm going over. God is with me. God, I'm increasing. The righteous path grows brighter and brighter and brighter. This is, I'm a righteous man. My path is growing brighter this year. You've been in faith. You've been saying, she shall live. But look at the parallel. As soon as the report came, as soon as the report came, the devastating report of crisis, this is what's happened. This devastating report for many, many people that have lost their jobs. This devastating report of crisis. This word has come from Jairus' house to your ears. And Jesus in his mercy knows that with this scenario, there is a chance that fear Anxiety and worry and doubt will grip you because of what you're seeing and hearing, and especially those that have lost their job. Jesus is not callous. He understands what you're going through. But I'm trying to get something over to you. I'm trying to I'm trying to get you to see this. The anointing, I believe, is helping you right now see this. Jesus wasn't primarily concerned about his feelings, although he knew he had feelings. Jesus wasn't primarily concerned about, you know, his past or this or that or whatever. He knows. There's a lot of things going on in Jairus right now. Jesus is primarily concerned about his words and about the fact that he is not afraid and about the fact that he has faith. That's why as soon as Jesus heard the report, immediately he spoke and said, don't be afraid, only believe. He didn't want Jairus to start spewing doubt and unbelief and fear and anxiety and worry and hopelessness and giving up because if he started to speak that, it would have been over. So Jesus was very passionate. I love that. As soon as he heard, Jesus spoke. He's he's making sure Jairus doesn't dig himself in the in the ground by his words And i'm telling you that many of you have been standing in faith You're just like Jairus many of you you've been standing in faith, but you've heard this thing This report come and there's something that's trying to grip you and I want you to know that jesus Is interrupting he is using me and his and his holy ghost in your own heart to interrupt this this interrupt This message that has come. There's a message of interruption that's coming tonight for you. This message has come from Jairus's house that there is devastation and a message from the Holy Ghost. Jesus, as soon as he hears it, he's interrupting the flow. He's interrupting the conversation because he doesn't want you to speak wrong. And I'm telling you as your pastor, don't speak wrong. He's interrupting the flow because he's trying to protect you. Your words can ruin this or your words can see you through to victory And he cut he made sure that Jairus didn't even say anything There's no record of Jairus speaking because jesus as soon as he heard it. He cut him off why he did it as a mercy to him He wasn't being rude. He did it as a mercy because he knows fear He's going to take the thought and he's going to start saying matthew 6 He's going to take the thought and he's going to start saying matthew 6 31. Jesus doesn't want him to take the thought and say he doesn't he knows the thought of fear is coming He wants to guard his mouth So he quickly interrupts, he says, don't be afraid, only believe. I'm telling you this thing may have come. Some of you it might hit lightly and others you it might hit heavily. And for those especially, all of us, but especially those that it's hitting heavily, Jesus has interrupted the flow and he has interrupted the conversation and he is trying through the Holy Ghost and me to arrest your attention to say, don't be afraid and don't speak wrong. Don't speak wrong during this. Don't answer wrong When you, when this report of devastation comes, don't, it's careful, be careful what you say. It matters what you say. Don't speak wrong. You'll dig yourself into a hole. You'll open up, you'll open up a whole problem if you speak wrong. I believe Jesus is interrupting the conversation. I believe Jesus is looking at you tonight and he is telling you promise of life. Don't be afraid because the thought is there to be afraid. Don't yield to it. Don't think it. Don't be afraid. What does he instead say? Only believe. What is believing? It's faith. What is Jesus saying? You've got all this problem. I just want you. The only thing that matters is that you believe. Don't fear and believe. So Jesus is telling us at times of crisis, at times of struggle, at times of anxiety, what are we to remember? Well, we remember two things. We remember, don't be afraid. And we are to remember, only believe. Why? He's showing both sides of the kingdom of darkness and kingdom of light. Don't fear because that's what the kingdom of darkness is based on, that principle. Only believe, have faith. That's what the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God is based on, faith. He is saying to all of us in this situation, again, some of you have been hit lightly and others of you have been hit heavily. For all of us, but especially those that the wind has been knocked out of you. I'm saying to you as your pastor, I'm saying to you as your apostle, and I'm saying to you as a man of God under the anointing, by the speaking, by the Spirit of God to you, by the, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost tonight, I'm saying to you, watch your mouth. Don't speak the wrong thing during this season. God is interrupting you. He's using me to interrupt so that your words would stay right. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Only believe. Do you hear what the Spirit of God is saying? It makes it very clear. No ambiguity, no gray zone. It's not hard to understand when it's black and white. God is not complicating it. Listen, God understands when crisis comes, things have to be very simple and very childlike, because if they're complicated, you're going to struggle, get confused. If there's too many steps, you're going to forget the steps. And I don't know, was that step number five or 12? Or I don't know. It's all confused in my mind. When things of crisis come, it's got to be very simple and it's got to be very clear. It's got to be black and white. And you can't get any more clear than what he says in verse 36. Don't, be afraid. Only believe. In other words, you got hit. You got hit with news. Now you have a choice. Don't fear. What you need to do is only believe. There is faith that is required at the time of crisis. And the only thing that is required at the time of crisis is faith. God didn't talk about the emotions of it. He didn't address how Jairus felt. He didn't do any of that. Maybe he did that later, but we just see when you're in a crisis, the only thing God's focusing on is believe. Use your faith. And then he addresses the enemy of faith, which is fear and doubt. Don't be afraid, only believe. Praise God. Hallelujah. So in times of trouble, the only thing that was on the mind of Jesus was faith. And in times of trouble, the only thing that should be on your mind is faith. So that is why Jesus said, this should be easy for my people. We could add at Promise of Life Church. Because when trouble comes, all you need is faith. I'm reminded of the great words, the the words of the great R.W. Schombach. You don't got no trouble. All you need is faith in God. That's what he would say all the time. That really lines up with this, because when trouble comes, all you need is faith. What Schombach would say is, you don't got, yes, we know you got trouble, but really you don't got any trouble because all you need is faith in God. See, Jairus had trouble, but when trouble came, all he needed to know was simple. I don't want you to be afraid, just believe. So faith is the thing we have to focus on. So can I say this to you? Uh, I really feel, and I, and I don't mean to be mean or condescending, but I'm telling you, I really feel sorry for people in other churches. I feel sorry for people in other churches that have not been taught faith. Because believe me, I went to churches for years that did not teach faith. And I knew something was missing and I didn't know what it was because I didn't know who Brother Hagan was. My wife grew up with his teachings from uh, a child. And so she grew up with faith. And they were the only ones in their Newfoundland rural community that believed that way. And they were heavily persecuted in their religious Pentecostal church because of it. And there's still persecution there today because of it. They consider Dad Hagen, back then especially, it's getting a little bit better now, but it's still very prevalent, consider him a heretic and the faith message heresy. But that's just religious demons, and, and that just because that community has it, that's an, it's not singularity to Newfoundland, it's everywhere. Lots of places have those religious devils that hate the message of faith. Matter of fact, most parts of the world have that rose religious devils that hate the message of faith. And so my wife grew up with it, but I didn't grow up with it. I didn't understand. I knew because I had a pure heart, I knew something was missing. I loved the church I went to, but I knew that I was not there was something, I knew it was about faith by the Holy Ghost. I knew it, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what I was missing. I knew I was missing it, but I didn't know what I was missing in. And I, and I was on a search for a number of years. I, I would have conversations. I would talk to very smart people with double doctorate in theology. I would go to different churches. I was searching. I, I knew when I heard it, I would know what it was that, but I, I just didn't hear it anywhere. And I, I remember I was sitting at, uh, at Harvest Family Church, I was sitting on the right section, the wing section, about three rows back on the aisle. And Dr. Dufresne was on that side of the, con- of the, of the sanctuary, and he was in, in, that, in that aisle between the far wing and the middle section, about three chairs up. So he was exactly opposite to me. And he made a statement. He was talking about money. And he made a statement. It's not that the statement's that powerful, but God, you, the revelation came to me, light came to me when he made that statement. That's why he really is my father in the faith because he taught me what this means. And he was talking about money and he made a very simple statement that might've, to the casual eye, might've just gone over their heads. Or, but for me, it hit me like a, like, a, like a truck. It hit me so hard. And he said, he was talking about money and believing God for money. And then when he said, now, if you believe in God for this, then he he made the statement. He says, and and he said, "And, and that's not on your side where the money's coming from. He said, that's on God's side to figure out where the money's coming from. Your side is just to believe. Your side is just to speak. Your side is just to trust him. It's God's side to bring it to pass. And that was a simple statement, but revelation flooded like a torrential river into my heart and the light came on. And for the first moment in my life, I understood what faith really was. Mark eleven twenty four 24 opened to me at that moment. Whatsoever things you desire, believe you receive them before you believe you receive them. We could, we, when you pray, believe you receive them. Now we could add before you see them. When you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. You've got to believe you receive it before you actually see it with your eyes, before you have it. And 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 I when he said that simple statement, you've got to know what's on your side and you've got to know what's on God's side. Your side is just trust him. Your side is believe you have received when you pray. That's your side. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to see it. You don't have to feel it. You don't have to know where it's coming from. That's not on your side. Your side is just believe you receive. God's side is to cause it to come to pass and manifest in the natural so that you have it. Believe you receive, that's your side, and you shall, future tense, have that's God's side. He was teaching on Mark 11:24, 24. And when he made that statement, do your side and don't do God's side because you can't. You're not equipped to do his side. You're equipped to do your side. You believe you've received when you pray. Let God figure out the hard part. He's got the hard part, not you. Let him figure out where it's coming from. Let him figure out when it's coming. Let him do all that calculation. He's got the hard part. You've got the easy part. Let him do his side. His side is to manifest. Your side is to believe. And when he said that my god i'm telling you light and glory came into my soul I'll never forget that moment I sat there and I turned to jennifer because we were married at that point and I said to her I got it And she had had it since she was 11, but I got it a little later in life But i'm telling you when I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it And of course it just grew and developed from then on and I noticed as time continued to pass and we traveled in that season, I was traveling on the road for six, almost seven years and going to different churches and none of them understood this. I could just, in talking to the pastors, you could just tell they don't understand. And my previous church didn't really understand this. And then I would uh, come across occasionally people that I went to Bible school with And because it's so living and it's such a reality in me, I'm telling you, I can just tell when other people don't have it. It's almost like you feel like you've been turned into a different kind of a person. It's like you've been marked with something. That's how I felt, like I've been branded. I'm no longer the same as I used to be. This revelation of faith has changed everything. It's changed the way I think. It's changed the way I feel. It's changed the way I approach God. It's changed Um, the fear and the nervousness is no longer there because I understand faith. I'm telling you, it's, it's the most precious message on the earth, if, you, if I could call it that. It changed my life. It's the single greatest, other than getting born again, and Spirit-filled is the single greatest thing that changed my life, was that service when he said those words, and the Holy Ghost opened up my heart and let me see that wonderful truth. See, Dad Hagen saw that truth when he was on the deathbed. He was on that deathbed, and around 16, 17 years old, he was on that deathbed and he saw that truth after being on that deathbed for over a year, reading the Bible, not understanding. And when he saw it, he also, God taught him faith through Mark eleven twenty four. 24. God explained it to him about you have to believe you've received it first and then you'll see it. And that's what got him off that death, that that sick bed. That's what got his heart healed. That's what got his paralysis healed. That's what got his incurable blood disease healed. That's what took the message of faith all around the world because he had an assignment to teach God's people faith. It was that message that taught Brother Copeland. It was Brother Copeland and Brother Hagen that taught Dr. Defrain this, and it was Dr. Defrane that taught me this, and it's me that's teaching you this. And promise of life, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be arrogant or funny, but I got to tell you, you are stinking blessed, and you're, I don't like the word lucky because we don't believe in luck, but let me just say, you're the luckiest Christians in the world. And don't get religious on me for saying that. You're the most fortunate and blessed Christians in the world because you have sat and heard the most precious words of this revelation. I'm not important. They're not important, but this revelation is important. And I sat under a man that poured it into me by the Holy Ghost. And I can never thank Dr. and Pastor Nancy enough for that. I can never thank Dad Hagen because I started consuming his books and it just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. Their feet will forever be precious to the field family because they brought me this truth. And I hope that you recognize some of you need to still catch this revelation. You've been sitting here, but you haven't caught it yet. Many of you, of course, have caught it. I'm praying some of you will even catch it tonight tonight as I'm preaching to you. And those that have caught it, that it would strengthen your faith and strengthen your resolve. This message of faith is the greatest message on the planet. After you're born again, which is the greatest message and filled with the Holy Ghost, this message of understanding faith, understanding how to approach God, understanding how to get needs met and prayers answered. I'm telling you what, it's so important. It's so precious to God. And, and I hope you feel fortunate and blessed that, not that I'm important, but the message is important. And you've sat and you've heard me preach it and you've heard greater men than me preach it to you and great people that have more eloquent and and a better delivery than I have and they've poured it by the Holy Ghost into you and you've sat here and so many others have sat in dead churches and they're hearing wonderful, nice sermons and sweet sermons and this is nice and that is nice, but there's no faith to it. And they get up and they leave unchanged and they still don't know how to approach God. And they still don't know how to get prayers answered. And they still don't know why things are, they can't seem to make that connection. People all over Toronto are in churches that can't make that connection. They're born again, they're going to heaven, but they don't understand how to make the connection with God because they don't understand this message of faith. That's why it's so important we preach it. That's why you should be so grateful. You should be so appreciative that you've been in a church that has taught it to you. I feel sorry for people in other churches because they have not understood this. Can you imagine? Put yourself in their shoes. This thing comes at you. Joblessness, fear, society, economies crashing. This thing hits you, and you don't understand this message of faith? You are on shaky ground. Now it's, oh God, if it be thy will, oh God, help me. Oh Lord, if you want to do this, oh Lord, if you, uh, and you're just beating at the air, it's like you're in sinking sand. There's no solidity under your feet. You know you're saved and going to heaven, that's solid. But in terms of approaching God confidently in faith, they don't have it. Many of them don't have it. I'm telling you, they don't have it. Because their pastors don't have it. And if the pastor doesn't have it, the people won't have it. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not against anybody. I'm trying to, I'm trying under the anointing tonight to impart to you something of great appreciation and gratitude for the message that has gone forth in this house and the message that the ministers that we bring in bring forth to this house. Have gracious gratitude and deep appreciation for this message saves lives. This message takes Christians and saves them from their circumstances. And I am a eternally grateful to those men and women that taught me this. And I hope that you have the same deep appreciation for those that have taught you this, because it makes all the difference in the world when you understand faith. That is why God said to me, this should be easy for my people because when trouble comes, all you need is faith. That's all he had to say. I could finish the sentence for him because we've taught you faith. Because we've got this revelation flowing in this church. If you're not getting it, something wrong with you. Your heart's not looking for it. See, my heart was looking for it. And that's why the first whiff of it, I got it. Because my heart was hungry. If you're not hungry looking for it, I could be preaching right to your face. But your heart's not really hungry. It's not really open to it. And so it bypasses you. So you've got a hunger for this. You've got to say, Lord, I want to understand. I want to get this revelation of how to get my prayers answered. I want to have that firm, confident footing with you that when I pray, you hear me and I get my answers. You've got a hunger for to know and understand that truth. And I'm telling you, then this revelation will flow into you because unlike most churches, I'm preaching it strong. And I'm bringing in other people to preach it strong. And most churches don't. So be grateful that you're in a place that's teaching life changing truth, because this is truly life changing. That's why I make the statement. And I say, I feel so sorry for people that are in other churches, because when this kind of situation happens like this coronavirus and you don't understand what we understand, oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, it is a scary place to be you may be born again and go into heaven but that doesn't that that's great obviously that's everything that's our salvation i'm not li- lessening that but salvation getting to heaven being born again and spirit filled is is that takes care of the next realm that takes care of when you die and go to go over there but it doesn't it doesn't take it doesn't fix day to day living Yes, we're born again, going to heaven, but day-to-day living, you can be in, you can feel like you're in hell on earth. You can have everything crumble upon you. You can die of sickness. You can lose your job and be broke. All this day-to-day living without this message, you won't live in victory. You're going to heaven. Praise God for that in eternity. That's all that matters. But day-to-day living, if you don't understand this, you won't live in victory and fear and all the stuff will will, will cramp you and dent you and push upon you. And you will not be the the, the joyful, carefree Christian that God expects you to be because this message is what makes everything work. Now, of course, I haven't continued with my notes the way I wanted to, (laughs) because the anointing came on me and God wanted to emphasize to you uh, unknown to me. I didn't know it was going to happen. I didn't know the flow would be like this tonight, but God wanted to emphasize to you that you should have great appreciation for the message that comes forth from this pulpit. And I'm not trying to be arrogant or praise myself because God knows it's not me. It's the message. It's the message. I'm just a delivery boy for the message. But you should appreciate the delivery boy because I appreciate the delivery boy that brought it to me. Thank God for Dr. Dufresne's feet. Thank God for him. I don't know where I'd be in my life if it wasn't for hearing that through him and getting it and living it. It's changed everything for me. That's why Jesus can say this should be easy for promise of life. Because when trouble comes, all you need is faith. When trouble came to Jairus, fear came. Fear and trouble are twins. When trouble comes, fear comes. What did Jesus say? He told him what not to do and he told him what to do. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Nothing but believing. Nothing but faith. Faith will see you through. And he jumped in the conversation before he could start speaking death and doubt and unbelief. And we know the end of the story. (laughs) Um, If we know in verse 23 or whatever it was that I quoted you, she shall live. He had faith. But for Jesus to say, don't, do not be afraid, only believe. It obviously meant that the faith he had was being shaken because if Jairus's faith was as strong in verse 30, in verse 36, he says, only believe, right? But in verse, um, in verse 23, we see, he says, she shall live. So in verse 23, he has faith. But down in verse 36, Jesus says, only have faith. So are you you following me? In verse 23, Jairus has faith. In verse 36, Jesus says, only have faith. So somewhere between verse 23, when he had faith, the faith got shaken a little bit because if he had the same faith in verse 36 as he had in verse 23, Jesus wouldn't have to say, only have faith. If his faith was the same, Jesus wouldn't have to say, believe, because he was already believing. So the fact that Jesus said, don't be afraid, only believe showed that he was in fear. Otherwise, why would he say, don't be afraid? He would have no reason to say, don't be afraid if he wasn't afraid. And he'd have no reason to say, have faith if he already had faith. So from verse 23, where he had faith, something, the news joltered him and, and fear with that trouble came fear. And Jesus saw, ah, he had faith, but now he's shaken in his faith. So he says, don't be afraid. That's stealing your faith. Only Keep your faith. Keep your believing. That's all that matters. That's why it says only. Nothing else matters. Not emotions, not newscasts. Nothing matters but your faith. Only have faith. You had it, boy, but it's being stolen from you with fear. Don't be afraid. Only, only, nothing else, nothing else. Only believe. This is the words of Jesus. It's not the words of some theological professor. It's not the words of some human from their brain. This is the words of the master. He knows when the trouble, the report of trouble comes, fear comes. He knows some of you, it's shaken you and it's jolted you and you had faith, but now your faith is being hindered. It's being broken. It's being, it's being maligned. It's, it's wobbling. And Jesus through me is telling you, don't say anything wrong. I'm interrupting this situation and I'm telling you, don't be afraid. You've had faith but it's wobbling now don't be afraid cast that fear rebuke that fear answer that fear only 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 nothing 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 else only believe only believe only believe only believe, only believe in Jesus name only believe if you believe all things are possible to them that believe the Bible says only believe. This is the answer to coronavirus. This is the answer to any epidemic. It's the answer to any trouble. Whether you're individually a trouble, news comes and somebody says something and it might only affect you and nobody else is affected. This is the answer. If it affects the whole church locally here, but it doesn't affect anybody else. This is the answer. It affects the whole nation like this situation, the whole world. This is the answer. It's the answer whether you're alone. It's the answer whether you're with the global church family. This is the answer. No matter how big or how small, how light or how heavy the trial and the test and the trouble and the bad news and the crisis, no matter how big or small, this is the answer. Fear will come. Cancel. Put your foot on the neck of that fear. Say, no, you don't. No, you don't. I will not fear. I will not fear. I will believe. I will believe. He had faith, but he had to keep his faith in the day of trouble. You've had faith, promise of life. It's time to keep your faith in the day of trouble. And Jesus said to me, this should be easy for them. Because when trouble comes, all you need is faith. When the report came to Jairus, all he needed was faith. When the report comes over the news, all you need is faith. When you get a call from your work that you're laid off, all you need is faith. When you get a doctor's report that something's wrong, all you need is faith. You don't got no trouble. All you need is faith in God. Faith in God will assassinate the trouble. It will overwhelm the trouble. It will cancel the trouble. It will even raise the dead. If faith in God could raise the dead, how much more can it get you a new job? It's so small. How much more can God do? Our problems are nothing his daughter had died the finality of death rested upon him and even in the finality of human death jesus said only believe if there was ever a time for a man not to believe if there was ever a time to throw in the towel and quit It was when the the finality of death comes to a human being. They're gone. Their life is gone. What do you what do you expect Jesus? It's over. We've lost. And even in that he said only believe. If he said believe when the when death had come the finality of it. How much more is he saying to you? Only believe when you've been temporarily laid off or full-time permanently laid off. Our problems pale in comparison to this man and yet the answer is the same no matter Matter what you face, don't be afraid, only believe. Hallelujah! And that is my message to you tonight. I told you the anointing would be here. I'm telling you, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is here right now. I can feel it on me so heavy, and that is because you are drawing. Uh, this is unusual. <laughs> This is unusual, Holy Ghost, because I, I sense that when they're here, they're drawing, but I've, I've never sensed this like this before, because when I do preach under the anointing, it's to the radio, but people aren't drawing because their radio broadcast is not even live. So I've never done a situation with an empty thing in a live stream like this before, because like I said, the radio broadcast is not live. So I've never done something like this before and feel the same anointing come on me as if the church was full but I can feel the same anointing on me right now as if the whole church was full. You know why? It's because you're watching. It's because your hearts are right. It's because you're humble. It's because you're hungry for God. It's because you're drawing and that anointing that I'm telling you, this is a, this is a phenomenal experience for me right now, this tonight for me to experience this. This is another, this is another thing I've learned about the realm of the spirit. People out there can watch and draw. And because there's no time or distance in the spirit, you can be in a totally different location, but you're putting a demand and a draw on my office and on that anointing. And even though you're not physically in the room, that draw pulls that anointing out of me and it causes that anointing to flow. My God, the things of the spirit are so awesome. They're so powerful. And I'm so happy you tuned in. I believe it's not about yelling or anything like that. It's about it's about receiving impartation. Hallelujah. When trouble comes, fear comes. Jesus addressed, don't be afraid. He told him what not to do. That includes, don't speak fear. But he said, only believe. No matter what we face, big or small, faith will get us through. I feel sorry for the other ones. Because they're beating their fist and they're trying to make it work but they don't understand what we've learned and when you understand what we've learned and what i'm teaching you there's such peace not trying to make it work you're not trying to impress god you're just receiving from him you've understood how the world of faith works it's powerful i hope you appreciate dr Dufresne. i hope you appreciate pastor nancy I hope you appreciate Dad Hagen and Norval Hayes and Kenneth Copeland and Jerry Savell, Randy Greer and all the others that have come over the years and imparted to us. I hope you appreciate their message because they've helped build a foundation in us that is unshakable. This stuff is nothing. This stuff is nothing. What's happening? All the noise and the white noise and the blah, blah, blah. It's nothing. Can't touch us. It Can't cross the blood. While it affects businesses and that does affect our income. Mine as well because if you're not tithing I don't make money. I can't pay the bills. So it affects me like it affects you. But this faith believing will get us through. We don't have to be afraid. We trust God. Whatsoever things you desire. Father I desire income. I desire another job. I desire an interim job. I desire another way uh, you to speak to me, another way, another ability to another revenue stream. Lord, I, I desire that. I believe that I receive it now by faith. I believe that I have received when I pray, not when I see it, Father, the Greek says, in King James, it says, believe you receive. But in the Greek, it says, believe you have received, past tense. So Father, I believe right now. I believe that I receive it. I don't see it. I don't feel it. But I don't need to. I believe I receive it. And it's not my place. It's not my job. It's not on my side how you're going to do it, when you're going to do it, or how you're going to organize it. That's your side. You've got the hard job, Father. You've got to figure this out, but you're God. You can handle it. I'm not you. I'm not built to handle that kind of stress. I'm just built to believe I receive. And you said that you would cause it to come to pass. You said ye shall have it that means you are going to manifest it for me and you're going to take care of me so father i cast my care over onto you for i believe i have received i believe i receive my income i believe i receive my new job i believe i receive i don't touch it with my thought life i don't try to figure it out because it'll drive me nuts i can't figure it out that's your side that's not my side i'm not i'm not equipped to be able to handle that kind of pressure That's you your job father my job. I just believe I receive I believe I receive I believe I have received my increase. I believe I have received my healing I believe I have received more income during the season. I believe I've received witty ideas and inventions I believe I've received investment counsel from the Holy Ghost I believe I have received all the money that I need. I believe I have received father I believe I have received. Now you cause it to manifest, so that I shall have seen it manifest in the future. It's simple. It's easy. It's not hard. But you got to take some time. First of all, you got to have revelation of it, and then you got to take some time just saying, "Father, I believe I receive. I believe I receive. I believe I receive it, and I praise you for it." While I wait for it to manifest, while I wait for you to bring it to pass, while I wait for, and ye shall have it. While I wait for the having, the showing up. The natural sense of seeing it. You manifesting while I wait, just praising you. <laughs> I believe I've received glory to God. Grandpa Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Romans 4, Father, I'm strong in my faith. Because remember Mark 11, 24 is talking about faith. I'm strong in my faith, giving glory. I glorify you that I believe I receive. I glorify you. Do it with me right now, congregation, even as you're watching. Lift your hands and say, I glorify you that I believe I receive. I glor- Glorify you right now. I believe, I have received. I believe, do it right now. Don't look at me. Lift your hands and close your eyes. I believe I have received right now. I believe I have received my increase. I believe I have received in more income. I believe I have received healing. I believe I have received uh, the financial increase that I need. I believe I have received my new job. I believe I have received peace. Hallelujah. I believe I have received. I will not doubt. I will not be afraid. Jesus said only believe. The only thing required is believing. I believe I have received and I praise you, Father. I'm strong in my faith giving glory, 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 glory to God. I say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I believe I have received. Glory to God. I believe I have received my answer and it will surely come because faith works every time and a faith can raise that little girl faith can raise my situation if faith can raise the dead faith can fix my finances I believe I have received in Jesus' mighty name. Now devil, you take your hands off my increase. I claim what I need. When you believe you receive it, you've claimed it. So father, we've claimed what we need and what we want. And we say, devil, take your hands off it in Jesus' name and stop hindering it. Angels, mighty holy angels of God, go in Jesus' name and cause the money to come. Go before us, Genesis 24, 40, and prosper us in the... The way angels encamp about us that fear the Lord and deliver us. Psalm 34:7. Angels of God. Psalm 5:12. We are encompassed about as a shield of favor. Angels go before us now, according to Hebrews 1:14, and minister for us as heirs of salvation. Oh, Father, Psalm 35, 27 says that you delight in our prosperity. Lord, Psalm 103, verse 20 and 21 says that angels do your pleasure. And your word says that if they do your pleasure and you take pleasure in the prosperity of your servant, then angels are helping us with our prosperity. So, Father, we claim Psalm 103, 20 and 21. We claim, we claim it, Father, that they do your pleasure. We claim your word that says, to us in Psalm 35, 27, that Lord, you take pleasure in the prosperity and the deliverance and the safety of your servant. So Father, we thank you that if you take pleasure in our increase and angels do your pleasure, angels are helping us increase. Angels, you've heard the word we've spoken. Go in Jesus' name and cause it to come to pass. Now those angels go, hallelujah, glory to God. And now we just praise you. Now we lift our hands and we praise you. We say glory to God, it will all come to pass. Glory to God, it will all come to pass. It will all come to pass. It will all come to pass for me. It will all come to pass glory to God, it will all come to pass. In the mighty name of Jesus, it will all come to pass. Hallelujah. Can you feel promise of life? That spirit of faith, that's the Holy Ghost helping us tonight. That's the Holy Ghost helping you tonight. I can, I can just picture you in your living rooms, lifting your hands and shouting and rejoicing and dancing. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. My God, I'm telling you, I don't have to wonder if you're watching. I know a lot of you are watching tonight because of the draw of the Spirit of God on my spirit and on my office and on my anointing. That draw is so strong tonight. It's like the whole congregation is filled with people. I've never experienced this in my life before because this is the first time I've ever done a live thing like this while people are watching because the radio is never live. I feel the anointing, but it's different on the radio. I expected it to be the same as the radio anointing tonight, but it felt like the congregation was full of people. And I'm thinking in my mind, Lord, what is going on here? I've never experienced this before. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, because they're watching, son. Because they're drawing on you, son. Because they're hungry, son. Because they've gathered in unity and there's no time or distance. And whether they're here or whether they're there, they can draw by the Holy Ghost. And that's why the anointing is activated on you tonight. Hallelujah. I don't have to wonder if you're watching. I know you are. Because if you weren't watching, you wouldn't be drawing. And if you weren't drawing, this anointing wouldn't be where it is tonight. I only got one point done. I had seven wonderful points to share with you. I had seven wonderful points, but it is 829. And in three minutes, I've gone an hour and I, my God, I, 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 am not going to, I'm not going to keep going. I'm going to, I'm going to end it here because I just felt like the assignment for time, ta- of course I could keep going. And it's not that I don't want to keep going. And it's not that it's, it's early enough to keep going. But when I check my spirit, do I keep going? I feel the Holy ghost kind of saying, no, that, that's it. Call it a night because the assignment was for what I shared which was point number one. I got lots of other points, but I greatly, oh, if I could, if I could get you and squeeze it into you and shake it into you, I would. I, I, I greatly encourage you to turn on Friday night at 7.30 because I'm not going to repeat what I've done, but I'm going to continue with the next point in my, in my, unless God tells me differently. But if he doesn't, I'm going to continue with my next point because i got a number more points in this message to bring you, but the anointing was so strong in point number one, I, I, could, I just tried, I couldn't get off it. You see, I've learned, don't, don't grieve the Holy Ghost just to follow your notes, because the Holy Ghost is bigger than your notes. And if the Holy Ghost wants to communicate and impart something by the Spirit to people, then he'll just have you stay on one thing or sometimes he doesn't have me touch the notes at all and I just speak by the gift of prophecy, which uh, mainly what happened tonight. I mean, I had one point, but the rest of it was by the gift of prophecy because he's trying to impart to people and he knows what you need. I'm not smart enough to know what you need, but he knows and he knows the rest of my points wasn't, the wasn't the flow for tonight, even though I had them all ready to go. But we'll pick that up Friday night and that will be a great blessing to you. But I'm reminding you, have great appreciation for the message that has come from me and from the other ministers into this congregation. Because this message of faith, other than being born again, spirit-filled, it's the greatest message. It's the golden message. So the Bible says, when I come back to the earth, will I find faith? Jesus is looking. <laughs> I'll end with this. David Hogan, you've heard me tell the story, but they were having a, a Holy Ghost meeting. I mean, wild. Like imagine when Richard Roberts and everybody's laughing, multiply that by two or three. And they're having hundreds of people in this little gathering, clearing in the, in the forest and they're having a conference and people are drunk and people are, I mean, I'm, people are getting healed, instant healings happening. But it wasn't a lot of instant healings, but, but it mainly is kind of like a laughing, drunk kind of everybody's just going nuts kind of service. And uh, the anointing and the prayer, God loves those services, that's wonderful. But uh, Jesus appeared to his son, Jody. Jody's come to our church. And Jesus looked at him with fire in his eyes and disappointment in his eyes. Now, remember, all of this Holy Ghost manifestation is happening. You'd think, because God does author that, and you'd think he'd be happy with that. But he's not as happy with just Holy Ghost manifestation as he is with faith. And he looked at Jody, and he looked around at all the people carrying on. And and they weren't in the flesh. It was a good carrying on. But he looked at Jody and he said, I I have to leave. And Jody reached out and grabbed him. When he grabbed his his garment, Jesus looked at him like, in other words, you shouldn't touch me kind of thing. Jesus was grieved by something. Jody didn't know what it was. And so he let go and afraid. He said, fire came out of his eyes and he let go of him. And he said, don't leave, Lord. Master, don't leave. We're here. We're doing this for you. Don't leave. What's wrong, Lord? Don't leave. And because he said, I have to leave but he said it in a way like he was not pleased, like he was grieved. So he grabbed him and then he let go. The fear of God came on him because Jesus looked at him sternly and he said, don't leave. Why do you have to leave? And Jesus answered Jody and he said, there's not enough faith here. And he walked off into the jungle. And I remember David telling me that both publicly and personally. And it's uh, it's always stayed with me. You can have a lot of manifestations and... (laughs) you know, they can be fleshly and even demonic, but aside from those, because that's not what we're after, you can have a lot of Holy Ghost manifestations and God authoring, laughing and dancing and all this kind of stuff. And that has its place. Praise God for it. But that is not really what impresses God the most. What impresses God is people that have faith. And what God was saying really to Jody is there's a lot of expression. There's a lot of manifestation. There's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of dancing. There's a lot of drunkenness. And and while that's all good and it's all in its place, you don't, you're not teaching faith. You're not teaching the people how to receive by faith. You're teaching them how to laugh. You're teaching them how to dance. You're teaching them how to praise. You're teaching them how to celebrate. And that has its place and it's good. But there's something higher than that. And that is teaching them faith. If they don't know faith, they can't please me. If they don't know faith, they can't get prayers answered. And a lot of churches are focusing on emotionalism and manifestations, but they're not teaching faith. Faith is what pleases God first. And so we love to have services of the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, but I'm telling you, God is pleased. Hebrews 11, without faith, it's impossible to please them. God is pleased when we teach the people faith, because faith, only believe, only have faith, it's the answer to trouble. And it's the answer and the currency of heaven. Needs are not the currency of heaven. Lots of people have needs and they go unanswered. Faith is the currency of heaven. Few people have faith, but when they release it, God answers their need. Lots of poor pastors in Kenya, lots don't have a sound system, but the one pastor the one pastor who heard of Jerry Savelle teaching that without corresponding action, your faith is dead. One pastor, lots and lots of need, but one pastor made the soundboard out of cardboard with rope and markers and carved a stick into a microphone and taped the rope to the end of the microphone and preached for a year to his church and say, look, I believe I've received a sound system, and I'm putting corresponding action to my words and to my faith, and I'm acting like I'm preaching, and this is going to turn one day into a real microphone. I believe, God, that I've got a sound system. You see, a lot of need, but very few people have faith, and that one that had faith took a year But all that big black car rolled up one day and the man got out and said, I'm from the main city in Kenya. And he said, I have come. God sent me for this to deliver a sound system. Are you pastor so-and-so? They'd never met before. And in his trunk, a brand new sound system with speakers and the whole thing. And his faith turned into sight. He got, see a lot of need, but it took real faith to get the answer. So thank God that we're teaching you faith. Because while there's a lot of need in your life, faith will always bring the victory. Let me remind you, this is the victory that overcomes coronavirus. This is the victory that overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes everything in the world. This is the victory that overcomes fear. This is the victory that overcomes financial crisis. This is the victory that overcomes sickness. This is the victory that overcomes the devil. This is the victory that overcomes everything that's not of God, even our faith. Praise God. Promise of Life, thank you for tuning in. My God, thank you we're putting a demand and a draw on that anointing. What a wonderful night we've had. Only thing I regret is that when I walk off here, I can't give you all a hug and, uh, and, and look at your beautiful eyes and tell you how much your pastor loves you. But my heart is with you. Faith in God will see us through. So keep tithing keep sowing, sow more than ever before, because the way to get out, the way the widow got out of the problem is she gave her last cake to the prophet. The way that you get out, even if your emotions and everything fights you, is sow, sow your way into victory, sow your way into increase. The law of increase includes sowing. So if you're going to increase, sow. I'm not manipulating you, follow the Holy Ghost, do whatever he wants, but your faith will see you through. And so whatever you do, sowing or whatever, do it in faith. Praise God.